love is in the air. Or is that just a stink from this movie? Hello there, my little geeklings, and welcome to our Valentine's special. For this, uh, we're into the pits of 80s slasher hell, and I have found this little known, often forgotten horror film. By the way, this is Two Geeks Talk Movies, <laughs> and I am your host, John, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Joe. Hey. Hey there. So, is this the first time you've ever seen this thing? Yes. Okay then. Okay then. Uh, what do you think, roughly? I mean, don't go into the whole da 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 do that later. Yeah. Um, what, what, my only thought watching it was, I thought you liked me, John. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, it's not that bad, but it does get annoying fast. Mm. I first saw this about, oh God, six, seven, maybe ten years ago. I can't remember, actually. Wow. This has to be the maybe seventh time I've seen this. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you watched it more than twice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've seen that. Like I said, an obscure 80s horror film, catnip, you know. <laughs> well, I can point. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, I planned on this for years and years and years on my own podcast, but I couldn't mm. squeeze it in. So I done it on this one, and I'm recovering it. So, yay. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, do you like uh, Valentine's Day? Do I like Valentine's Day? Yes. I don't mind it. I, I'm not the most romantic person in the world, but um, I, I don't mind it. I mean, I have a little bit of when you're not single on Valentine's Day, but, you know, can't have everything. Although, to me, it just feels like there's so much social pressure to be the, quote, perfect couple. Mm. When you're a couple or when you're single, oh, don't worry about it. You, maybe you'll have somebody next year. Fuck off. It's a shitty day made up for selling chocolates, cars and toys. We don't fucking need... And yeah. then you go like on on February the fifteenth or sixteenth, it's like sitting up percent off because it's that over fucking price. It's like fuck off. I mean, yeah. I bought I bought my significant other a Valentine's card this morning just for the fact it's been fifteen years, and that fucker cost me four fifty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm like you've got to be shitty. How much for a fucking piece of card, you son of a bitch? Wow. It's a recycled card. I got a fuck with my virgin skin, guys. <laughs> <laughs> wow i mean i i don't go like i hate i i, I hate being the recipient of overbearing romance that just makes me feel as uh, comfortable i have a sister naked and walk down my street but mm. me feel uncomfortable as well um so you know i i've never really been I, the way i see it if you really wanted to be that romantic and that lovey-dovey to a significant other wouldn't you treat them like that every single day yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw a young couple in the uh, car shop at a Valentine's section screaming and screeching over every little fucking nauseatingly sweet thing. And I was oh. like, oh my God, mate, dump her. She's mm. fucking... Or I was like, oh my God, love, dump him. Yeah. Like, oh, isn't that so cute? Oh, look at the little cupid thing. I was like, Ugh. it's a teddy bear, you know? Yeah. It's a fucking £15 teddy bear. I'll probably buy them for like a pound or something. And yeah, I sell 15 yeah. fucking quid. It's like, she's going, like, oh, isn't that cute? Look at this little card. It does this, it does this. And I was like, it's a piece of bloody cardboard, you know, it's a piece of mm. card. But yeah, like, that's what I know about Valentine's Day. It's so commercial. It's mm. so about, oh, you have to be the perfect couple. Have this romantic meal and have champagne and chocolates and strawberries and flowers and teddy bears and God knows what. And it's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I don't see the point in it, you know. It's like, and all those endless bloody poems, it's like, if I wanted to write poetry, I'd write freaking poetry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just seems to me there's so much social pressure about this busy mm. little holiday that was invented by bloody Hallmark, was it? No, I mean. Yeah. Can you uh, imagine, though, if you're in a couple and you don't have that any amount of money to spend on your partner? And mm. you've got, you know, everywhere you look, you've got red roses, you've got chocolate shaped like hearts and cupid, and you fucking name it, um, you know, and things like that. It's like you're gonna feel so much pressure to mm. try and either, you know, try and find money you've not got for them. And it's like, yeah. you know, she wanted to treat it. Even if, even if I wasn't single this year, I wouldn't be doing the whole romance lovey dovey thing. It's not my style anyway. Um, and I certainly wouldn't expect a partner to do it to treat me like that. I'd be like, no, no, no. I mean, 
there's a reason why the sale, the suicide rate is highest towards the latter part of the year, i.e. November, December, January and February. Yeah. Because uh, there's so much pressure because you've got Christmas, you've got New Year's and you've got Valentine's Day. It's like, yeah. why? I mean, get yourself to fuck this whole lovey-dovey bollocks. I mean, uh, it just does not nothing. Maybe, mm. I mean, uh, I was just thinking, this is one of, I think, three uh, mid to late, eight, actually early 80s um, horror films based on Valentine's Day. I mean, you have this one, you have the more famous one, My Bloody Valentine, which is mm. fucking done, actually. Mm. <laughs> and I think there's another one floating around there, which I can't remember off the top of my head. It could be worse, but it could be doing the, the 2001 Valentine, oh, <laughs> starring David Lord. Boreanaz, and it's like, ugh, you know. Mm. Thanks, what you put this in? Mm, yeah, yeah, I mean, mm, mm. Uh, let me see, but everybody, I mean, the reason why I didn't pick the other two, because everybody and their granny are doing the ones, so I went, fuck mm. it, take the obscure one, stand in the corner, you know, so, <laughs> mm. and, oh my god, we have a former Playboy bunny in the lead, mm. we have two directors and multiple names, you just know this will be good, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so here we have it, X-Ray, A.K.A. Hospital Massacre, A.K.A. Be Mine or Else, A.K.A. Be My Valentine or Else, A.K.A. Uh, what the hell was the other one? Ward 13, mm. A.K.A. Ward 8, oh, for fuck's sake, I mean, how many of these fucking names? Anyway, so let's just uh, give this thing a quick once over and see if the patient can be survived, uh, survived saved even, for crying out loud. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a fun podcast. <clears throat> With a budget of, I haven't a clue because I can't fucking find information anywhere online. This thing pulled in God knows what because this thing was released multiple na- times under multiple names. As I says, you've got Be Mine or Else, Be My Valentine or Else, Ward 13, X-Ray, Hospital Massacre and such. So it's like multiple names, but they can't find a fucking how much money it made. Yeah, I never thought, I, that always seems like a red flag to me when a movie's got multiple names. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Also, this is a canon movie, and I thought canon had done one horror movie, and it tanked. Mm. So where the hell did this one come from? So hmm. so let's get into the, the um, nuts and bolts. So starring Barbie Benton, Chip Luc- Lucia, you know, he's a bad guy, his name got fucking Chip Lucia, you know? <laughs> John Van Ness, John Warner Williams, and Den Sorrows, directed by Boz Davidson. Uh, by the way, he also brought us such great movies as Lemon Popsicle and oh. multiple other early 80s sex comedies. Yay. I mean, hmm. Oh, goody. The plot, a young divorcee checks him into a hospital for a checkup for insurance reasons. I have no idea why. Mm. Soon, however, she finds herself trapped in an abandoned ward someone is dressed as a, as a doctor is trying to kill her and kill anybody who's in contact with her. Who? What? Why? How? Who knows? <laughs> so here we have that thing. Right, on to some information I found about this thing. Uh-huh. This was shot at night in an actual abandoned hospital. Yeah, I read that. <laughs> Just not creepy at all, eh? Mm-hmm. Boris Davidson was a last-minute replacement for the first director I don't know, either skipped out with money or didn't pay back money in time or something like that, so... Yeah, I read, I read they were fired because they promised to bring the money to the production and didn't. Oh, God. And Barbie, what's the name, Barbie Benton's nude scene, every single man in the fucking crew was on set up at the rafters watching her having her nude scene. That must have been... Yeah, that's a surprise, eh? Mm. This film was released in Kansas, and it did so bad, it was quickly pulled out of cinemas. So it was all released in <laughs> one state. <laughs> it had one DVD released back in 2013, and it just vanished into fresh air ever since. Good luck. But I think there was a Scream Factory release a few years back. So, yay. Mm, nice. And it has so many names due to the fact it was released multiple times all the time to try and get some of its money back. So... That's a good sign right there. I mean, hmm. yeah. Just going, well, we'll sit under something else. They'll never know until they've bought it. Ugh, my God. Mm. Right. The first thing I want to talk about is Canon Group Films. I mean, you know, I'm in trouble when Canon pops up. Oh. (laughs) I mean, Canon is the even cheaper version of New World Cinema. 
Oh God, just when you thought you couldn't get any cheaper. Mm-hmm. Also, what is with this awful music that started at the point at the very start? I have no idea. I mean, what if what if was the music that is used throughout this movie? Mm. Yes, yeah, I'm going to bring it up multiple times. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This start music doesn't work. It's like da 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 da. I'm like, what the fuck? Did somebody slide on a keyboard? I mean, <laughs> and also, what's with the Incredible Hulk opening credits? What is with the X-ray and the skin? I was expecting to go, and David Banner was in the chair, and something incredible happened, and blah 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 blah. And they have the fucking what is it? Don't yeah. be angry, Mister. Whatever your name is. You would like me when I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Incredible Hulk, is that you? Yeah, that one. <laughs> So it finally opens up two and a half minutes after the fucking titles in 1961. And here we see two kids, Susan, played by Liz Hay, and David, played by Michael Romeo, uh, playing with a train set for some reason, uh, with about 102 million paper elephants all around the living room. I'm thinking, was Valentine's Day really that big? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I've got that wrote down. I mean, who put her decoration on Valentine's Day? I've never done it. I've never known yep. it done. I mean, oh my I mean, God. Can't even buy Valentine's decoration on the side of the pond, can you? Uh, I'm pretty sure you can somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Can you? Oh, I mean, I've seen bloody uh, Paddy's Day decorations, so I'm pretty sure there's Valentine's yeah. decorations somewhere. Or something. I mean, I've, you see those uh, balloons shaped like Love's Heart, but yeah. Mm. I mean, I was going, really, I mean, I love the fact how the camera pans slowly across this, this living room mm. and they show every single fucking love heart. I'm like, really? I mean, what was the budget? I think about fucking 52 cents. Yeah, I was like, yeah, we get it at Valentine's Day and mm. somebody can't cut straight. Look at the look at the wobbles on those hearts. Oh, my God, yeah, it's so bad. I mean, could you just tell it was some guy... Just off off camera cutting them out and sticking yeah. them and like, yeah, no, get the get the intern to do it. Oh, fuck off. So, hmm. Outside is Harold, played by Billy Jacobs, who's spying them for reasons. Uh, by the way, young Susan and I think it was young Harry are actually are actors again actors in the equally bad early eighties slasher Bloody Birthday. Yeah, so they are. They're, so. They both play um, killer children, is it? Yes, yeah, the little brat killer children. Mm. Yeah. I actually cover that, I'm not so sure. I'll make, I'll make a bite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so Harold sneaks around the house, leaving a card for, for Susan at the door. She opens it and laughs at it. So David, I don't know, scrunches up and throws it away. So Harold breaks into the, the house and kills David by hanging him by the neck of a coat rack. How the fuck did he pick this kid up, by the way? Yeah, how the hell did, I mean, the height of them, what, 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 that again, he would have had to have been able to lift them up mm-hmm. over his head by at least his ankle to get them up there. Oh, that's ridiculous. Meanwhile, in the kitchen, uh, Susan is cutting into a uh, Valentine's cake with the weirdest, most sinister way imaginable. She holds the fucking knife, it's like a machete. Yeah. <laughs> and she exactly halves the cake right down the middle and then goes halves it again. I'm going... Who the fuck taught you to cut a cake? <laughs> exactly. And then she's like creeping over to it. I have she's not meant to be anywhere near it. And then she goes, oh, look, but my mum baked it. I was like, why are you creeping about the kitchen to get yeah. it? It was bizarre. I'm going, why is it so sinister? Way she's holding mm. a gigantic knife. I'm like, what the mm. fuck? And why are those children dressed like, I know that he's made in the 80s, but why are they dressed like children from the 80s and not children from the 60s like they should have been? Oh, God, only knows. I mean, uh, I have no idea. Moving on swiftly. 20 <laughs> years later, Susan is now played by former Playboy Bunny, Barbie, Barbie Benton. Hard to quite say that. <laughs> she was a former uh, Hef girl. Uh, they met when she was 18 and he was 42. And they yeah. were dating for seven years. And she oh. got the hefo. Oh, so, Lord. yeah, she's a former Playboy Bunny. Good Lord. Uh, apparently she was pissed. She never offered centerfold. She was only a cover girl only. So take that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jesus, jinkies. Um, she's meeting her ex and her daughter Eva, played by Tammy Simpson, who never worked again, surprisingly, because her acting was abysmal. <laughs> <laughs> God almighty. Her ex is Tom, played by Jimmy Snat- uh, Status. Yeah, I think that's what his name Status. She stand up to him. 
and annoyed like he's early. I'm thinking, love, how the hell did you pull him? He's fucking gorgeous. You're a doorface bitch. That yeah. ridiculous fucking Charles Angels haircut, that Farrah Fawcett haircut. I was like, what is it with that haircut? <laughs> yeah, it's like the way she talked to him, you're like, yeah, I was just thinking, I hope he divorced you. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're a complete cunt. Yeah, you're a complete bitch. She has to go to the hospital for reasons. Why the fuck she got in the hospital? Who knows? I mean... Oh, she couldn't <sighs> pick up test results. Yeah, test results for what particular reason? Just, just results for reasons sake. I'm like, oh, okay then. Yeah. Oh my God. But yeah, like I say, is I hope to God he divorced her because she's a complete standoff bitch. I'm like... Mm. Wow, well, I've waited to make yourself the victim, you know? I mean, it's like, mm. Anyway, yeah. so up pulls her new boyfriend, Jack, played by uh, John Van Ness. He drives her to the hospital and sits outside all fucking day and night. Oh, my God. I mean, uh, you've got to give the man kudos for patience, but, you know, at any point in that, John, that, that after about an hour and a half, you'd be wandering into the hospital going... What kept you? I thought you were only going to be a couple of minutes, you know? Yeah, exactly. This was ridiculous. He drops that apparently the year earlier a patient went completely doolally insane and killed dozens of people. But Susan's like, ah, it's fine. I'll be back five minutes. Really, love? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh my God. She I mean, personally, per- yeah, exactly. Personally, I'd be on the phone going, you can give me my results over the phone. I'm not coming mm. anywhere near that hospital. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, box that one. So then mm. she goes, as a mysterious surgeon is watching from her on the eighth floor. Dun, dun, dun. You know, oh. it's like, oh, God. And a creepy janitor just sits and perves at her. And I'm going, who the fuck wrote this thing, by the way? Honestly, yeah. God. And that's the start of the red, the red herrings, by the way, because it is ridiculous, the amount of red herrings in this fucking movie. I mean, the whole movie's made up of red herring, let's face it. Mm, yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, utterly ridiculous. She's told by the standoffish um, reception nurse, what the hell she's called, I go to the 8th floor. So she hits ninth floor on the lift and doesn't look at the button. She just, press, she just presses 9. I'm like, real love, you're going to look at what button you pressed? Yeah. Oh, dear, oh, dear. I was like, you know, at least, you know, the lands at it, make sure you're pressing the right button, not... Mm. Mm. Oh, by the way, I love the fact how this this uh, elevator or lift starts at five and goes up. I'm going, well, how's it one, two, one, two, three, and four? Yeah, exactly. No, like, uh, it starts at five. I'm like, God, inside the lift is a, quote, dead guy with tomato sauce all over his hands, ketchup over his hands. I'm going, who eats a burger with that much sauce? And let's face it, he's only been down at the hospital canteen. He can't have been that starving that he couldn't have waited to go back to his room. Oh, I have no idea. No idea at all. I mean, this, like I said, red herring number two. This mm. guy is, is over this movie. I'm going, why have you got some drunk guy who's over the place and he's stalking her and he tries to rape her at one point? I'm going, mm. red fucking herring. I mean, mm. Mm. so the knife four opens and we've got the point of view of the killer. Uh, but what is with the omen chanting? Oh, Good lord, don't I know? It's like, what is with this woman chat? Every single time he's on screen, it's like, Santa, Dominus, and I'm like, okay, calm down and cut this back a bit because it's not fucking sensor or scary. No, and that that chanting just annoyed the hell out of me. I was tempted just not to finish watching the movie just for the chanting alone. I was like, this is ridiculous. I've heard mm. of Ben, especially when the colour's on screen, but every fucking time I was like, yes. it was getting, I was driving me up the wall or something, like, really? God almighty. And by the way, he's got a picture of young Susan just glued to the wall, as mm. you do. <laughs> I mean, uh, the way uh, the way he ran his hand over it made my skin crawl anyway. I, I've, yeah. I've got an aversion to latex gloves, as you know, the stuff freaked me out. So when he did that, I was like, yeah, my skin just crawled off like that's gross mm, yeah I mean, it's ridiculous mm. so she goes off the 9-4 and she's immediately stopped by guys in gas masks saying the place is going to be bug bombed you can't go in here the fuck what sort of hospital bug bombs an entire floor but it doesn't seal off the fucking elevators to that, that floor you know it doesn't like stop the thing from opening I mean yeah. ridiculous there's no warning tape there's no warning signals anywhere it's like oh fuck off I mean, I mean he, 
even for the 80s, that letting standard flip. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And what's with the 1981 Valentine slasher movies and gas masks? I mean, for crying out loud. So was the killer. It, sorry. I was going to say, was it on? Was it? Was it? Um, was it like an unwritten rule in the 80s? Every every slasher had to have a gas mask somewhere. Yeah, well, it's my bloody wasted time, I suppose. Anyway, mm-hmm. so the killer pulls the the power to the lift, and she's stuck in a lift. Meanwhile, the killer kills her doctor, Dr. Jacobs, played by Gay Austin. Um, that he lowers the ninth floor, which is filled by poison gas, yet she doesn't start to cough. Nobody coughs in this movie at all. Mm. He then kills her by dragging her in a locker, and Freddy Thirty's music starts playing. I'm going, what the fuck? Why is there Freddy Thirty music playing? He then stabs her with the world's largest fucking knife, and then does more omen chants. What is going on here? <laughs> My question, indeed. What? Like, what? You know, it's just, you just think, like, first of all, why? Yeah, what? why? You know, and why is the killer not die from poisoning? Yeah, exactly. I mean, nobody who's got up this ninth floor starts to choke and gag on the poisonous fucking gas. There's like 20 people got up up the floor. Nobody chokes. I'm like, who the fuck wrote yeah. this? I mean, you should I mean, Jack, yeah, Jack lets out one cough when he comes out the lift on that floor later on, but that's it. I'm like, yeah. one cough, really? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. If you spray some fly killer in the, in the atmosphere, you're coughing for about five, ten seconds because it agitates yeah. your lungs. And that's only a wee fucking pissy little fly killer stuff. That's no like, professional bug ball. <laughs> crying out <laughs> Yeah, but you thought that meant to be. Exactly. Mm. Oh my god, it's ridiculous. So once he's killed the uh, the the doctor, rather, he shoves her in a locker upside down, as you do. <laughs> Why he not? then sneaks down to her room and switches Susan's charts with some random guy's charts. I'm like, okay then. Mm. So the lift then restarts, and she's now on the eighth floor. And by the way, how many hosts have you seen? has got red walls. None. Exactly, because red's an angry colour. Our possible mm-hmm. walls are supposed to be pastel and calming and, and neutral colours, not fucking angry fire engine red. <laughs> so, hmm. That would drive me insane because there's a whole bit where there's like pots of paint just lying over the place. I'm going, was that the production show left in left once? Oh my God. So Susan finds her doctor's office is completely empty so she takes a seat and smokes because you can tell it's the 80s she just sparks up I yeah mean, you can smoke inside the hospital oh yeah. my god with these gigantic cigarettes it's like what the fuck how big are these <laughs> cigarettes mm. I mean ridiculous so up in the ninth floor the janitor uh, stores two dummies for some reason in the very room that Dr. Jacobs is dead, he sees blood on the floor, but he thinks it's red paint. Again, he barely coughs. He's like, <coughs> Yeah, that little, one little, <coughs> you're like, come on, it's poisonous gas, give it some, you know? Oh, God almighty. So he finds Dr. Jacobs hanging upside down in the locker and cue yet more open charts as he finds out her heart's missing. Okay then. The janitor mm. then finds the killer who power walks away. So janitor follows him and he kills him in a room with an acid tank, basically a sink full of acid. The fuck is going on here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, even for standards in the 80s, which went up to now, um, you know, I'm pretty sure hospitals wouldn't be leaving acid strong enough to burn through human skin, just lying yeah. in a sink in the store cupboard. Yeah, and yet more open chanting as the killer goes completely fucking bananas. Ah, it's a giant, like a nice face peel, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's good to him. So, Susan yeah. then calls her ex, and I'm going, you can't pick up a phone and just dial out like that. You have to dial out for these numbers. And reception would go, no, you can't use the phone for personal reasons. Mm. Mm. I love the fact how the ex ignores the phone as he's menacing an orange with a large, large pen knife, and I'm going, red herring, number three or four, number it is. And the daughter's going, Dad, he answered the phone, it may be important. And I'm going, shut up, you little brat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, by the way, the director behind her, so the doctor behind her is the director as yeah. he's waiting on the phone. Yep, so, this is great. Cameo. Uh, what's that red herring number five? 
five or six. I have yeah. no idea. I don't care, frankly. By the way, um, these public phone uh, phone thingies in the hallway, uh, they wouldn't take like dollar. He puts in a whole dollar. I'm going, no, they would take like 25 cents. I don't know. I mean, hmm. But I'm moving on. So it's, it's nighttime. It's nighttime. I'm like, really, love? You walked in there at like one o'clock in the afternoon. It's now fucking nighttime. I mean, anybody else would have just left and went, you know what? I'll get them later. Mm. She'd been there all day, mind. I'm going. Mm-hmm. And she still haven't been seen yet. The fuck? Now, I know hospital waiting times are long, but really, a <laughs> whole day waiting for the TCS doctor? Yeah, a whole day. I mean, she like, she waited till it was almost, you know, till it was like very late evening, early night, before she decided, I'll go find someone else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like what? It must be about what eleven o'clock at night because about an hour later it's midnight. I'm going. So you sat your arse for what is that? Ten hours? You didn't go and get another nurse or a doctor or an orderly or anybody? I mean, this huge empty ward. There's nobody in this place, and suddenly there's patients. I'm like, where the fuck did the patients come from? Yeah, like uh, where'd your friend from? You know. And I love the fact the boyfriend's still outside waiting. About. Ten hours later, he's still outside. Yep. I'm going, you're some boyfriend you are. Marry him. World's most patient. Ridiculous. Mm. A doctor finally catches Susan wandering the huge empty hosp- uh, hospital hallways. Oh, my God. I've got to down here. What is with the 1981 holiday horrors and empty hospitals? I mean, was that really scary in the 80s? I have no idea. I mean, was that was that everyone's deep rooted fear empty hospitals always? Oh God, I know. Mm. I have no idea. He tells her to check the doctor's lounge, so she checks the lounge. Really, love, you've been here all day and didn't even check the fucking the doctor's lounge or phone reception and go, "Where's my doctor? Who wrote the script?" <laughs> I mean, oh, God no. Mm, my God. So in the doctor's reception, she meets Doctor Harry, played by Chip. Lucia, Lucia, I've got it here. Killer, <laughs> you know. <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah. Obviously, he's the killer because he's too nice to her. He's willing to break laws, mm-hmm. and he's instantly on her. I'm like, yeah, mate, you're the killer. Yeah, and he's got the exact same name as the killer. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's supposed to be a big twist. Oh my god, Harold is Harry. <gasps> really? I'm like, oh fuck off. Ridiculous. Like, no, <clears throat> no one saw that coming, eh? Yeah, ridiculous. Mm. I mean, I've got down here, as clever as this movie thinks it is, it isn't. It's far mm. too obvious he's a fucking killer. Also, oh God, yeah. also, she asked him to break HIPAA laws by showing her own medical records, but he can't do it because he isn't her doctor. So I'm not too sure how it, how it would work. I don't know if it's a HIPAA law or no, but there we have that one. So oh, therefore, God. he's the killer. Mm. So the X-ray shows she has a lot of cancer. Like, she should be dead cancer. <laughs> I mean, yeah. She has, what was it, bowel cancer and lung cancer and fuck, what's what else cancer she's got? I'm like, ooh, Kayla, what's keeping you up? Looks right, like, fucking cancer. Yeah. yeah, that looked like it was all in the stomach and everything. Yep. Mm, mm, ridiculous. So Dr. Harry takes her to a specialist, Dr. Saxton, played by John Warner Williams. And I'm like, really? Is that legal? You just can't go here. here. By the way, there's this uh, patient's medical records. I mean, uh, I, I mean, we've got to remember that he's in the 80s. I, I imagine the laws were slightly more relaxed than what I they suppose. are now. I suppose. Well, by the way, the pictures on the wall are real pictures of real diseases that the director liked. So he hung them there personally. Lovely. So that um, I mean the the hand looks like really bad dermatitis or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get, I've got that in my face. That's how I recognise that. And then God, uh, God knows what the other one looks like. The other one is an infected penis with gonorrhea, apparently. So that one's lovely. And there's also another one where it's um, an infected. Um, I don't know what it, what it is, but it looks really bad. It's all red and disgusting looking. Apparently, Dr. liked the pictures, so he put them up there. And I'm like, did you take home with you also? The no brighter place in his hallway as he, as he walks home from work every day. God, is that his fucking massive AIDS? You know what I mean? Oh, man. 
Um, so, like I says, Dr. Saxon looks at the x-ray and finds she is riddled with bowel cancer, lung cancer, and every other fucking cancer under the sun. And I'm thinking, how would she not know that? Surely how she would have symptoms. I mean, surely she'd be in agony. Well, maybe maybe she, she would be like, I don't know, fatigue. Mm. Uh, but she's like, oh, no, I'm fine. Oh, my God. So he leaves her to find Dr. Jacobs. Uh, so she calls home her ex again using the phone in his office. This time, Dr. answers, uh, the, the daughter rather, answers the phone, telling Susan, Daddy isn't home. Red herring number two million. Yep. Oh, my God. I've got it here. You can't just pick up a, a hospital telephone and dial it. Said you have to dial an outside line. And I think back in the day, she had to dial reception and they would get an outside line. Ah. So, but look, she, she pick up a phone and dial it. Bollocks to that one. <laughs> Out of nowhere, two nurses take Susan to an examination room. And here is the most uncomfortable examination I have ever seen on fucking camera. Mm. He strips her completely naked almost. I'll go to here. Can he do that? He's a male doctor with no fewer nurses. Hello. Again, standards in the 80s, but yeah, now he wouldn't have been allowed. Mm. He then proceeds to check every single inch of her body, and I'm going, okay, we're now into perf territory here. Mm. That, that, that is exactly what I have got written down, Dr. Saxon, as a perv. Mm. Mm. So this is a scene where every single man in the set was perving at Bob Barbie Benton's uh, naked body, pretty much naked body. I've got to hear truly fucking shocking how sexy the 80s actually was. I mean, that is outrageous. What a way to make a woman feel like a piece of meat. Yeah, Yeah, ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on TV. But the way Dr. Saxton draws blood is completely wrong. Yeah, at one point it looks like he he puts the needle in like he's throwing darts. I was like, yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, he gets an elastic band elastic the hell that thing is puts it on an arm um and then just gets a piece of cotton and wipes it on her arm i'm like don't you have to tap the vein and such i mean uh and then you take blood from the vein you just stick the needle and hope to god you've, you've caught the vein it's like mm-hmm. oh, ridiculous i mean even the best of doctors still have to you know make sure they've got a vein mm. not not just any mini mini more that one will do yeah, that's ridiculous. Absolutely bloody goddamn ridiculous. I love the fact how he has one syringe of blood. I'm like, don't you have to draw like six or seven, not just one? Exactly. So, I mean, so he sends her back to her room and here she bumps into the same guy from the lift earlier with the, with the burger. And we find that his name is Hal, played by uh, Larry Duncan. Uh-huh. Uh, he's perving at Susan from the examination door. It's a big window, as you do. And I'm going, what the fuck, 80s? So not only is she getting fucking fit up by a male doctor, but they've got a pervy guy standing in the hallway watching her getting fit up by this doctor. And her mm. goes, go away. And she just stands and I'm like, the fuck? Yeah, just a little bit creepy. Mm. So after that, Susan is taken to a shared room with the old woman. I don't like her because she's young and beautiful. The fuck? I mean, mm. really? You hate her because she's young and beautiful? Oh my god, so... I mean, they were a bit like how that she's coming, those three. Yeah, what was one of them was were playing spoons, it would drive me fucking insane. I'm like, stop yeah. tapping fucking spoons. And the other one was twiddling with a rosary bead. In oh. fact, one with a rosary, I, I swear blind, looks like a man in drag. No, I think I just old woman, old bitchy old it's woman. Old. It's like, bloody hell. But yeah, I love the fact that instantly hit her because she's young and beautiful. I'm like, you're a bunch of old crones. Yeah, <laughs> like someone that's growing old disgracefully. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so up in the ninth floor, the killer is moving bodies and he's deep breathing in the poison gas, and we have yet more omen chanting. As you do. I mean, what is it with this fucking omen chanting? It's all for this bloody movie, it's like give it an up with this omen chanting shit. Oh god only knows. I mean I get it to add tension and suspense but really it just found my last nerve and was working it mm, yeah, ridiculous so much later Susan's ex returns home to find the daughter is asleep on a sofa and the phone is off the hook charming is that you know mm. 
So how many times has Susan actually tried to phone that the rest of that night? I mean, she's killed on the on the sofa. So hmm. So Susan calls home and it's midnight. Say what now? I mean, she's been there all fucking day. Yeah, uh, uh, like again, we know waiting time is terrific, but all day and she's mm. done. No one questioned why this why our, our own doctor just suddenly vanished into thin air. Yeah, I love the fact how she seems to be the only patient this doctor has. I'm like, no, there would be multiple patients. Why is only one patient per doctor? Yeah. Crying out loud. So she can't. She tries to phone again. She can't get through. So how is now drunk? What the fuck to get booze from the hospital? Oh God, only know. He stalks after Susan, and I've got it down here, red herring number two million. Yep. I mean, it's obviously he's a fucking red herring. I mean, he's so down in the hall of records slash mice storage, what the fuck? Why is there mice in a hospital? I mean, I, I, you get they would be in the kitchen for the cookery staff, but surely they, <laughs> they would be off limits to even the nursing staff. I have no idea. So a typist is typing up reports at midnight? I don't think so. She'd be well out. She would have left about fucking five o'clock or six o'clock. No fucking midnight. Still typing up the bloody reports. Mm. She's killed by the killer who handily doesn't see him as he opens the door and sticks his hand around the door saying it was the killer. I'm going, are you blind, love? <laughs> yeah, I was like, how can you not see the latex glove coming around the corner? That's oh, ridiculous. And handily, she's typing up Susan's notes uh, from the blood test, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, he teleports by the killer, teleports by the way, and more open chanting as she's brutally killed by stabbing her through the guts, I think it is, and she gets her heart cut out also. So yeah. I'm like, oh, that's brutal. And he changes the blood test results. I'm going, what is the point of doing this whole cancer test result thing? Yeah. I mean, it took me a while to figure out that it actually just a ruse for her to be kept in the hospital as long as possible, but, you know, mm. wouldn't it have been easier to now that you know what she looks like as she's older, and now that he's a doctor, he can get access to her address, you know? Yeah, exactly. Or, I mean, the, the, go to her home and stop killing all these innocent people. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just a joke. I mean, I was going, who wrote this script? Who thought this was a fucking uh, genius idea? Mm. A barn burner of an idea? Let's have this guy pretend to be a doctor and get her medical records and change them and then make sure she was stuck in hospital. For what reason? I mean, it's not actually made clear. Yeah, I mean, they leave a a hell of a lot of um, important information out in the hospital. In the uh, film that I'm sure you're going to get to later, but one of the big ones, uh, how the fuck does he know she's going to be there? Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. so Dr. Harry, who handily gets the test results, hands Dr. Saxton the results, and another doctor, Dr. Beam, uh-huh. um, played by Den Sirlers, uh, is handed to the results, and they are shocked to find out that Susan. Is all but dead. She's a walking corpse. The fuck movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh I mean, they don't have to look at those two results, look at Susan and go, there's clearly been a mix up here. Mm. Go home, we'll sort it out. Yeah, yeah. I love the fact how Dr. Saxon says, no, 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 no. I gave her a physical examination earlier and it doesn't match up with the results. And the other guy goes, yeah, but look at the guy who was riddled with cancer last year. I'm thinking, in that case, that must be that guy's x-ray then you fucking idiot i mean yeah oh. and, uh, aren't these x-rays meant to be individually tagged they're not just put in with one set of notes and that's how they know who they are aren't they individually oh, i have no idea i mean oh god i knows and i love the fact some random nurse finds a type the typist dead body and she's then choked by the killer more over yeah. chanting because of course it is and he just dumps the body wheelchair and just moves into darkness and just fucks up the leaves. I love that one. She's like, oh, I'll be choked then on a chair and flung it in a cupboard. I'm like, okay then. That's her dead then. Yeah, really no dignity in death. <laughs> I just love that one. It's like, oh, I, I choked to death with my, my um, 
what was it, a stethoscope he killed her before? Yeah. And then she stomps on the wheelchair and shoves in the, in the, in the cupboard, and I'm like, wow. I mean, I, I really like the medical version of being shot, shot with your own gun, really just strangled with your own tethoscope. It was just mm. ridiculous. Oh, God. I mean, I mean why was she isn't dead? Why was she just passed out? She just shoved in the cupboard. It's like, never <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Wakes up about half an hour later. Hey, where'd they go? The maniac that tried to kill me. Zeri. Yeah. Oh. Fucking three years later, some janitor finds her. Well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just, just where am I? What day is it? I know. Oh, my God. So, Dr. Saxon then visits Susan with the nurses in tow. To tell her she's been kept in for days, and Susan <laughs> just lights her cigarette up. <laughs> what is this movie? <laughs> like, well, let me well get myself lung cancer while I'm here. Oh my god, I'm going. Oh my god, this movie is so fucking bad. The women are all turning against her, saying her bones are brittle, her organs are dying, and her blood is toxic and disgusting. I've got to hear your chum bunch of fucking crones. <laughs> I mean, what is it with these three old women? And where the hell did they come from? One minute they're the next minute they've disappeared. Next minute I'm like, are these actual people? I don't know. They, 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 they remind me of the witchy from Macbeth and then there's the bit where they're walking through the corridors trying to find Dr. Uh, Jacob and I was just like, that's the same from Hocus Pocus from the three when the Sanderson sisters are mm. walking are walking down the road trying to cut down children. Yeah. So Susan's sampling out their shit. She goes out in the hallways looking for a way out because apparently her clothes have been stolen. I'm like, okay, that's a lawsuit right there. Mm, definitely. She walks into Dr. Harry in the hallway saying she wants out. He causes her as um, what's her medical past with her saying she's perfectly fine. She only has low blood pressure. And I've got to hear, can he do that? Could he illegally ask her that because he is not her doctor, she's not his patient? I mean, since the 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 we're led to believe there's been a mix up at the hospital, he is legally allowed I don't think he's meant to just corner her in the hallway, but yeah, allowed to say to you, you know, when was your last proper full exam and what were the results to see hmm. if they match up. So but Yeah. Yeah, I love the fact that she goes, Oh, I've seen Dr. Jacobs Three or four years ago, I can't remember when. I really love. I mean, uh, so mm. who took the who took your X-ray? Who took your blood results then? Exactly. Oh my God, it's ridiculous. He then takes her to Doctor Jacob's room to check out her files. He finds out she's perfectly fine, and calls her baby. Really breaking all sorts of laws. I mean, yeah, oh, this movie's so eighties. He then sends her back to her room in the ward as he goes to figure out what's happened. What's mixed up here? These these are different records. When I saw these are completely different records, I'm going, wait a minute here. You stole the records and replaced them earlier in the, in the movie. So how the fuck is that different records? Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh. you go, on you go. No, I was just going to say by that point in the movie, I had all but given up. Mm. Uh, just, yeah, just like... You them? so yeah. I'm going, those did, should have been the one saying she's fit and healthy. Yeah, did the writer even read what he wrote? <laughs> I mean, did anyone cake? even watch this back before they, you know, sent it out to you know, publication and thing? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm going, is this a cocaine job? Is this a weekend job? I mean, did the guy knock us out if they're doing a, a stash of a coke? Because, yeah, oh my god, so Dr. Okay. Harry. But got right people, we've got 12 hours, let's get this full movie done now. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So Dr. Harry takes Susan's file to Dr. Saxon, who is missing. Um, Dr. Harry, I think, it's a call to go to the ninth floor and just vanishes in the fresh air, therefore he's the killer. Mm. I mean, mm. it's way after 12 o'clock, midnight, and the boyfriend is still outside. Snoozing mind, he's, he's, he's asleep. I'm like, who the fuck wrote this movie? So he wakes mm. up and goes outside to try to find Susan. I'm going, what, you fell asleep between, what, two o'clock in the afternoon until midnight? <laughs> you just woke up. And by the way, he was parked on double, actually yeah. parked at the yellow lines at the, at the hospital, which is, you don't park there. So where's yeah. the fucking cops going as a ticket? 
You're getting yeah, told. Mm. He goes into the place and the front receptionist tells him to go to the eighth floor. And he bumps into some random doctor who complains he's been waiting at his for two hours. Uh, no, mate. She left you at lunchtime and it's well after midnight, so that's more than two hours. Exactly. I mean, unless you're supposed to not realise it's the next day or it's after midnight, at least. I mean... I don't think we're meant to be able to follow the timeline as well if we can, because let's face it, it jumped from afternoon, night, back to mid- late afternoon, early night, back to the middle of the night. Hmm. I mean, I love it when Susan's on the phone, um, there's a ton of announcements saying, what is it, lights out? We're going to mm. check the beds. It's it's 11.30 and I'm going, no, her watch is 12 o'clock. So it's yeah. clearly after midnight, so... Mm. You know that, or the actual actress didn't put a watch back when we caught when we when filming, so our time mm. matched up with the time on the script. Yeah, well, I have no idea. So he then finds Susan, uh, and she goes, "I'm perfectly fine. I want to leave." He then says, "No, you can't leave, which is against the law." Um, so she starts to kick up a fuss. He says. No, you can't get up a fuss because you're riddled with cancer and you're dying sort of stuff. And I've got down here, would this new boyfriend be able to do anything? Because he's not family and he isn't the husband. No, no, he's got, um, he wouldn't have any right to be able to say, let's leave or let's stay. Yeah, actually, I'll, read, I'll put my notes here because this doesn't make any fucking sense. He okay. then tells Susan is ill and is not allowed to leave. He's then told no as he demands to see Susan. So he's not allowed to see Susan. And no, he wouldn't be allowed to see Susan because he's not a family member or a husband. But wait a minute here. That doctor's not a doctor that told her she was sick. So who the fuck's this other doctor? Oh, good Lord on the nose. So the nurses try to stop her leaving, which is against the law, and mm-hmm. throws her into bed, which they can't do. No. She has a right to refuse treatment. Also, lawsuit. Yeah. That's um, imprisonment and, and trap. No, entrapment, imprisonment, is it not? The, it is. The only, especially in this country, I don't know what it's like in America, but the only doctors that are allowed to manhandle you in a way are doctors in a mental health institution. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Oh, I have no idea. So Saxon tells the boyfriend to wait for him outside his office. As he does so, the public phone then, a sort of a tannery that tells him to answer the phone, he picks up and told to go to the ninth floor. And I'm going, who's on the tannery and who's on the phone? I would imagine it's Harry on oh, the, God, on both. He's then told to go up the back stairs because apparently the lifts are now turned off. As you do. Why not? The backstairs are completely pitch black. Fucking lawsuit. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, do you know what? I forget it. Yeah, so he's now on the ninth floor. And it's completely fucking, like, covered in smoke. Mm. And he bumps into the rude old woman in Susan's room. Again, he coughs once. They don't cough at all. Yeah, he coughs once and they're like, you know... Fine. Yeah, where's Dr. Jacobs? We're looking for Dr. Jacobs. Oh, you're not Dr. Jacobs. I'm like, who the fuck are these crones? I mean, ridiculous. Um, He then bumps into Hal, who is now pissed and drunk in the dark. He then follows Jack around the place out here. What the fuck is going on with this movie? What's happening here? <laughs> I have no idea what's happening. I have, by that point, I'd stopped being able to follow it. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just like, like, why are they up there? Why would it be three old women's play to go find a doctor? And why would no one have noticed they're not in their bed? And mm. why yeah. is Where's Nurse Cratchit and fucking, uh, the other nurse forces the people back to bed? So I've got down here, there's more fog on the ninth floor than the fog that he make and the mist put together. That's <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, I God, I must have had a, a, a smoke machine and went, okay, fill up the, the, the hallway. It's like, <laughs> okay. Oh, Either it's, it's fucking marijuana smoke. You know, oh. off, um, so Jack is then told to go to room 9, 9 11, 
and is shocked to see the killer who then cuts his head off with a bone saw. Yeah, more omen chanting because... Yay. <laughs> Yay. Why not? Mm. Oh, by the way, I love the fact how there's some random person just dead on a on a wheelchair. Just dead, just, yeah. Just lying there dead, I'm going... Okay, then. Then we have whispers. Does she, does she let you touch her? Does she, does she touch her naughty bits? I'm going, who wrote the script? Mm. I mean, yeah. tequilas. I mean, that probably one of the most um, unpleasant things I've ever heard in a film. Yeah. And let's face it, you would be like, what business is that you and leaving? You wouldn't just creep forward. Hmm. Mm, yeah, ridiculous. And by the way, that bulletin ripping off Red 13th, the whole mm. killer mommy, you know, it's like, yeah, you're ripping off Red 13th, yes, son of a... Anyway, yeah. back to Susan, who is now alone in her room. She wakes up to find someone has left a cake box in her room with Jack's decapitated head in it. I just love it, get a head in a, a head box. I mean, hmm. <laughs> oh my God. She wakes up, opens it, and screams like a fucking banshee, runs for it. She hides in a doctor's lounge, which should drive me insane, by the way. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, they, the lounges are locked. I mean, hmm. Yeah. She's then found by what was his name dr saxon and some random nurse uh-huh. uh, who pull her back as susan is screaming and biting and fucking coughing and oh god not sure she's doing a single jack is dead oh my god somebody's cut off his head she's then taken back to her room and the head is gone to be replaced by a cake as you do but she's in the exact same cake as she cuts at the start of the film. Oh, was it? Oh my god. Yeah. Which we all know who the killer I mean if, I mean we've all tweeted who the killer is by that point, but how would he have known what type of cake it was? Yeah, you couldn't see in the kitchen. Yeah, ridiculous. Mm. So Saxon and nurses force Susan into a bed and she's now speaking at Dump. Dr. Harry's been killed. He's got my file and Dr. Jacob's missing and blah, 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 blah. I'm perfectly fine and the head in the box and they think she's completely insane as she's ranting and raving, but she fucking does look insane. Oh, well, it does make it look a bit insane, yeah. Mm. So Dr. Saxon checks Susan's file in the file room as a nurse gives her a pink pill, which I'm guessing is a volume. Um, again, it gets against the fucking law. So Susan mm. just swallows it and she spits it out. I'm going, you're a terrible nurse. She has it sitting on the top, tip of her tongue. So I'm going, isn't even tucked in? It's on the tip of her tongue. Yeah. You're a terrible nurse. I don't even check she swallowed that one. Mm. So Susan roams the halls again in search for Dr. Harry, but stopped by Hal. Actually, no, not by Hal, by the killer. Uh-huh. She's freaked out and hides behind a fucking screen, which I'm going, love, we can see your feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I thought, I was like, surely they, they need to look down to check. Oh my God, the killer doesn't see her because, of course, she drops a lighter, which she had next to her bed, so therefore she didn't have it with her. Mm. Oh my God, he even ever so slowly walks to her as Omen chanting is going doolally it's, it's going ah, Thomas, ah. I'm like okay calm the fuck down with the fucking Omen stuff oh. she fumbles to get the lighter with her feet because she's been in ridiculous little hospital slippers I'm going take them off <laughs> yeah Um, an elevator comes so he enters it and Susan goes out of hiding that's a completely pointless scene <laughs> oh my god I mean she what hit... was the point of that apart from to almost make it like oh my god she might get killed mm. no. yeah it's ridiculous I love the fact how the killer has a little axe I'm going where the fuck she got the axe from yeah and why does no one find it suspicious that A you're dressed like that like you're just going to surgery mm-hmm. yet you know you've been dressed like that forever and B you're walking about with a fucking axe in your hand yeah yeah, and Susan then teleports downstairs uh, mm. to the Hall of Records, and she's stalked by Hal, who almost rapes her on the stairwell. She gets away somehow, and I'm going, really, maybe this just needs a rape scene. I mean, crying out loud. I mean, who whoever thought, you know what, why don't we make the annoying drunk a rapist as well? What a nice touch. Not. Oh, ridiculous. 
ridiculous. Mm. So in the archives, she finds Dr. Saxton is looking up files for some reason. Oh, he's looking for uh, Susan, the the copy of the one that Harry took to see if her original record did say she was fit and healthy. All right, is that what the hell she, he was? Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing here, mate? For crying out loud. Mm. And by the way, she's hiding behind a, a filing cabinet and she drops a file and he's like, what was that? Really, mate? You're going to check out the file just fucking falls, bang, middle of the room and he just ignores that. I'm like, you're mm. a fucking idiot. Like, not go pick it up and check, you know? Mm. And so, why did he not put the big light on? Oh, I have no there? idea. Standing there with that little torch, I was like, come on. Maybe they, they, they did have budgets for lights. I mean, <laughs> I have well. no idea. So the killer just comes out of nowhere and buries the axe in his head. Susan then runs as Owen chants going insane again. I'm going, enough for this fucking Owen chanting. Mm. I've got in here, the killer gives chase. Susan teleports from the archive room to the eighth floor. She's caught by the nurses and doctors and restrained to the bed. And this is all sorts of illegal. She's like, was mm. it restrained by her feet, her midsection and her hands? Yep. I'm going, she would sue the pa- she just dumped middle of the room. Yeah. Again, uh, especially especially now the only the only place you can legally do that is a mental health institute and it's got to be for the person's own good, not just because you can't be asked listening to them. Yeah, yeah. And this is when you realise the patients are back, the few women are back. I'm going I'm the patients. I mean, what yeah. the fuck God all knows. So an ER nurse is next for reasons. And this is the one that had me on the floor howling with laughter because this is fucking ridiculous. The killer runs towards her with a sheet outstretched (laughs) (laughs) as a light is beaming behind him. And she goes, oh, no, no, please don't. I'm like, really, love. I mean, he then wraps up in the sheet and injects her with blood into her heart. I have no idea what that is saying, Jetsa was. At first, I thought it was maybe the the <laughs> acid stuff that the the janitor got her uh, facial peel with. So mm. I have no idea what it oh, was. Yeah, I have no idea. I've got to hear the open chanting is going insane again. <clears throat> I've got to hear this kill is really goddamn fucking ridiculous. No, I love the fact how like, once that the the doctor's like oh and staggers for a bit about a minute, then just collapses. I'm like. <laughs> I don't have the actress was like, oh shit, yeah, I'm meant to die at this point and just falls to the ground. God, it's so bad. So the other, uh, this this is a pain in the arse. The other doctor, Doctor Bloom or Blum, if his fucking name was, scrubs mm. up, and the killer kills him. Uh, okay then. Yeah. So Susan is the next. I bet about is killed, but he gets it right in the back of the head and it slices the the divider up mm. I've, got, I've seen that kill before somewhere where was it oh yes sleepaway camp yeah they have very similar kill in christmas evil it was christmas something well. the one we did where it's anybody dressed as santa had it oh right okay oh so it was yeah yeah mm. original kills my arse so yeah. the killer then gets susan from the ward he then takes her to OR and operates on her on the ninth floor. Susan is screaming like a fucking banshee. Omen chanting is going fucking bananas. It's like, Jesus Christ, enough for the fucking domus, seminars. Oh, oh. I'm like, enough for the fucking omen chants. <sighs> God almighty. She's then removed from the restrained uh, gurney, put on the operating table. She slides there. I'm going, you're not restrained, love. Uh, scratch his eyes out. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. God, I might. She pulls the mask and it's Harry. No, it's oh. Harold. What's a boy from the start of the movie? Dun, dun, D. Hmm. He then tries to cut her heart out as the old ladies interrupt. So Susan, what she, she stabs him in the guts with a ridiculously no. long knife, I think it is. Mm. Yeah. And then she runs for it. And the chase is on to the roof. She then runs through the acid room where the janitor's lying there dead. Uh, Dr. Harry stalks after her with a knife still on his gut, slowly dying. Um, They're both deep breathing in poisonous gas, yet there's no coughing or even choking. 
She tries to get away and throws acid in his face, which does no nothing to his face, by the way. It just, she just throws a big bottle of acid to his face. Nothing happens there. She runs to the roof. As on the roof, she hides behind a door where there's a little rope holding the door shut. What the fuck is happening here? I've got down here. Go down the north. She then brains him with a pipe because he can use the knife and he's got to cut the rope. And here comes the cycle sting as she's repeatedly belting her head with this pipe. He then comes to for one final scare and climbs on top of her and tries to what was he trying to do? Cut her part out again? I fuck knows what I do. Yeah. She pulls a lighter and sets him alight and he's screaming as he falls from the roof on fire and it's clearly a dummy. Oh, I mean, yeah, you can tell uh, that, my love. The next day, she's out with her daughter and the ex as it free frames. I'm like, right, so now I've made a traumatic experience. You've been stalked all, all night and people have been killed left, right and centre. You're just going to freeze frame on the little daughter hugging the mother. That's your ending? Yeah. What really annoyed uh, me about that ending as well, apart from the fact that it didn't exactly, it wasn't exactly a conclusion to the film, but she kisses her ex on the cheek. Like, you detested him the whole movie. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean... This movie is a complete waste of fucking 90 minutes. I mean, it's a joke. So credits start to roll on this thing. And that was X-Ray, a.k.a. Hospital Massacre. What the fuck? This should have been called Red Herrings, Omen Chance and Poisonous Gas. I mean, <laughs> oh, my God. The kills come thick and fast, which, is, which are good. They're gory as all hell, which is good. However... The plot is dumber than a bag of rocks. The hospital should be sued into oblivion mm. for breaking fucking Susan's rights to leave the place and be restrained, then be drugged illegally, then getting filled up, oh, sorry, <laughs> examined illegally. <laughs> I mean, and Barbie Benton is a fucking awful actor. I don't know what to say about this thing. It makes no sense. There's plot strategies dangling around the place. Like, for instance, how the fuck did Harold go from insane killer to doctor? <laughs> so what do you say about this thing? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it's totally bizarre. It's over the top and just downright insane. Uh, I mean, it's uh, uh, clearly a movie about unreciprocated love and obsession gone bad. It's confusing as all hell. It doesn't give a, an explanation as to why Harry Pitt that day, that time, how he knew she was going to be there. I mean, was he a doctor at work there? Saw her name on the appointment schedule for that day. And Nat, was he stalking her? And that's the case. Why not pick somewhere less fucking public, you know? Mm. I mean, the whole... You know, the whole movie feels all over the place, plus the timing, like I said. I mean, it jumped from afternoon, night, midnight, middle, and back again. You know, um, the dialogue is terrible. The pacing is too start, too fast at the beginning and then far too fucking slow at the end mm. after the, the death start. I mean, the deaths were pretty good to, to see on screen, but the, you know, that, that blood looks like watered down ketchup, let's face mm. it. There was no tension, no suspense, no jump scare. I only knew there was an attempt at jump scare on the screen when the goddamn chanting started. Mm. Um, you know, we can tell who the killer is a minute off, the only person in the building that's being nice to her. And why do three people die on screen in complete fucking silence? I mean, the janitor gets a, a, face, a face peel gone bad, doesn't mm. let out a whimper. The nurse that gets uh, strangled, just the random one in the corridor, not a whimper. Dr. Saxon takes an axe to the head and doesn't doesn't utter a bloody word. And yeah. Dr. Jacob uh, starts to get this, again, incomplete and utter silence. Mm. The most totally I mean, unbelievable deaths I've ever seen. Yeah, what I love about it is two of his victims had their heart removed. I'm going... So where are their hearts? I mean, did they actually write that? Then watch uh, my bloody Valentine and go, "Oh fuck, we can't have this bit. Cut this bit out and re- reshoot these um, these killings." You know, mm, I mean, maybe. and I don't get the point of them of them taking their heart if they only really wanted hers. I that have doesn't no make idea. sense. 
it's almost like an evadicate if he was taking the hearts of every woman he killed because he couldn't get her. What was the point of him even still trying to get to her? Oh, I have no idea. I mean, like I said, like you said, this is obsession gone wrong. Yeah. So I don't know what's happening. I mean, also, he must be the doctor because all the doctors on that hospital know who he is. Yeah, so, so he, he must, must be on must, staff. He must be on staff. He says he's really an intern, which, you mm. know, okay, all fair, well and good. But if he's an intern, then it makes me think that maybe the whole thing was spontaneous. But mm. at the same time, he knew a little bit too much for it to be spontaneous. It was almost like he planned it all as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless he was the patient that killed everybody the year previous and he stole the, the original doctor's internship sort of thing and was in the hospital for a year waiting on this big revenge for because it would be 20 years to the day where, where she ripped up my, my card. And I'm like, this is a piss poor motive for, for doing this these killings yeah. why the fuck are you killing everybody that's had contact with with susan it's ridiculous yeah and um what's it called i read before i watched it i read a little blurb on it and it's like he killed people that are coming into contact with her but he kills her doctor before her doctor's even seen her mm. which doesn't make sense oh who knows and who gives her Toss, yeah, right? yeah. I mean, there's a reason why this is a forgotten 80s slasher. Mm. So I should score us out of five, one being dog shit and five being solid gold. I'm going to give this thing a one out of five because some of the kills I liked and the gore is good, but that's about it. What, what would you give it? I'm giving it nothing. Even the <laughs> fact that the kill had okay, the gore had a little bit, yeah, it's good for it being an 80 film. It's probably not enough to even merit one point. Okay, then. Okay, fair enough. Then. So, thank you for listening. And don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter at Two Geeks Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod. And you can follow Joanne at Two Geeks Joanne. Okay, then. Now, our next podcast is going to be on the 50s Red Scare classic, Invasion of the Body. So, that's just 1955. So, uh-huh. we're going back to actual class movies. <laughs> <laughs> And all I can say is, if you dig this thing out, God help you. Because <laughs> this thing is abysmal. Yeah, and if somebody asks for your heart this Valentine's Day, run. Yeah, so you know because they're insane, so fuck that. <laughs> anyway, like I say is a bye.